What's up? What's happening? Episode 63 of Skates at the Stakes. I'm your host, AJ DeVito, and what a thriller from the six. Anthony Beauvillier gets it done in overtime against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have to cover the last four games of the New York Islanders, and maybe we'll get into some footy talk because the World Cup's going on. But before any of that, let me introduce you to the co-host of this podcast, as always. First off, we have at Rat Martin. Ryan, how are you doing today, buddy? Hey, guys. Excited to be on the pod tonight. Uh, Islanders just won an electric game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I hate being the guy that says I felt it coming, but I kind of felt it coming. Like, this was a game that they didn't seem out of after the second period. Like, they gave up two fluky, not fluky goals, but they gave, well, the tip was a little fluky, but it felt like they could come back, and we know how the Leafs are with leads. Like, they blow them all the time, so... It was cool to come out of there with the win tonight. Uh, great energy by Beauvillier and a surprising goal by Josh Bailey. Um, we'll, we'll have some Bailey talk tonight. Don't you worry, folks. But, uh, yeah, I'll kick it over to Jake, 2-2 two and two over this track. Excited to get going. Yeah. Um, obviously, electric game. I watched my good old pal, Franklin. It is also the Joseph Vasicek episode of Skates at the Stakes, number 63. And, um, Rest in yeah, peace. it was good to definitely get the two points on that road trip, and uh, we take it home for Wednesday. Yeah, so let's kick it off with Monday against the Ottawa Sounders. I believe the game was on their Canadian Independence Day? Because I know it was a weird time for us. It was a 5 p.m. start in New York. Was it Independence Day? Yeah, it was, Day? it was weird. Um, it was because they were retiring Daniel Alfredson's number, or he was going to be at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and then they wanted to honor him at the Suns game, or maybe reverse order. So I think they moved the game up so that he could go to the ceremony after. Okay. Uh, I guess that's fair. Kind of screwed my schedule up. But, Jake, what happened in the Islanders versus Senators game? Yeah, the going matchup was Semyon Varlamov and Cam Talbot on Monday. Again, it was a weird start. Um but it gave the fans a chance to watch the Hall of Fame ceremony and the players to watch the Hall of Fame ceremony. I was complaining I didn't have class, so it was a good early start for me. But, yeah, uh, I was in Ottawa. The first goal was by Oliver Wallstrom, who got back in on the power play because Josh Bray was taken out for Ross Johnson, which we'll get into. But, yeah, he gets slotted on the power play, gets his fifth of the year, assisted by Matt Barzell and Anders Lee. And then the second period, Drake. Batherson with his fifth on their power play, which is assisted by Tim Stutzel and Claude Giroux. And then the grade eight, Noah Dobson to end off the period to make it 2-1. In the third period, pushing P. Pajot got his second, another assist for Barzell, another point for Noah Dobson. Um, so we had a two-goal lead heading into that. And then Giroux cut it back to one. He's been good for them this year. That's his eighth. And then Nelly with the empty net to get his ninth assisted by Sezikis and Clutterbuck. And I think someone in the chat brought up a very interesting point. That was that was the first goal in like a few years uh, from Sezikis to Nelson. So, uh, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, Varley, th- uh, 36 saves, three stars were Dobson, who got two points to Rue, and then Peugeot, who got 20 minutes of ice time, won a few share face-offs. So, yeah, I mean, good win. I mean, you got to win games against Ottawa. So it was good to get two there, start off the road trip. Okay. Kicking it off, the big thing was Josh Bailey was scratched for Ross Johnson, who played on the third line. 
it wasn't the ugliest That's thing sure. in the world. It wasn't pretty by any means. Ross Johnson took a Ross Johnson bonehead penalty. Was it on? It was on Shane Pinto when he was going back to the bench after his shift. He just goes after Shane Pinto and roughs him up and takes a stupid penalty. And then Ottawa comes and scores off that power. Or no, they got the five on three after that went down and scored, which all started from the Ross Johnson penalty. Yeah, so I know we're not the biggest Ross Johnson pod here. I think that's fair to say. But do we think there's any positives of Ross playing? Let's say not on the third line, but in general. Yeah, I mean, I was at a concert for most of this game, but I was following along on my phone. I've become such a sicko where I just watch the Islanders on my phone at concerts at this point, and I'm, like, checking the chats and tweets. It was a good game. Um, I'm glad we won. But on Ross, like, the thing Lane is bringing up is that it's a toughness thing, and for some of the more hard-nosed teams in the league, you need a Ross Johnson in your lineup. But... We've, you know, uh, our pal Bud Lightly Man famously says that Ross Johnson is the Diet Coke version of Matt Martin, who has been healthy this year and in the lineup every game. So just by basically moving a worse version of Matt Martin to third line doesn't really help anyone. Um, I guess in the Ottawa game, I, I know he did get into a scrap uh, early with Austin Watson, but like, come on, man, like it's not really doing anything. Uh, we sent down Sashnikov in the past week. I don't know if that's been since we last recorded. I believe we did record when Sashnikov went down. But Sash is in the AHL, no corresponding move. So we're at uh, 22 forwards or 22 uh, roster kind of contracts right now. So we're playing a man light. Like we could be throwing Holmstrom in the spot if we feel like he's ready. We could be throwing literally, literally anyone. I, I don't, I don't even, you could go as far as saying like, Chris Terry or Durando just to see something different. Cause you know what Ross is going to give you. And um, we'll get to later in the week, but um, when we get to the Nashville game, I think he cost us two points or at least one point in that game. That's fair. Jacob Ross Johnston. Yes. No, maybe so. Yeah. I mean, not shockingly, not a fan of Ross Johnson took a stupid <laughs> penalty as he does. Uh, just, I mean, just not a fan of him on that third line. It's just not what Peugeot or Palmieri needs. Um, I get Bailey's been bad um, previous to that, but and teaching me Wesson is good and all, but like there's got to be a better option than whoops, putting Ross Johnson in that spot. Like I don't like it at all, and you know we'll get and he played again, which we'll get into in the next game, and he got benched, and then Bailey saw it in, but you know just not 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 a solution. It was never a solution. Will never be a solution. So just stop doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I came prepared with like one question for every team we played, just kind of all around the league talk to slot it in. But for the Ottawa Senators, their season's gone off the rail. The summer of Lou prevailed over the summer of Pierre, which was much uh, hyped up in the media. So with Ottawa, I get, I'll give you guys two options. Option one, would you at the deadline be flipping Alex to Brinkett? No. Why would you? He's still very young, and they're building something there. You can't come in, you know, guns a-blazing this offseason, trying to push for a really successful team this year, and you suffer an injury, a major injury to Josh Norris. You can't just give up after one pretty rough start. It's a sprint. It's a marathon, not a sprint, excuse me. Still a lot of time left, and they lost one of their best players, so they're already playing down a man. They have Derek Brassard on their power play in the year 
the injuries are going to cost them, and they already have, and they're not going to stop, but you don't give up this early. They're trying to get the fan base going again. They're trying to get the new arena going, and you can't have that without all the support from everyone, you know, around you, and blowing it up again isn't going to do that. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I'll ask the second question to Jacob. Jacob, if you're the Ottawa Senators around the deadline and you're out of a playoff spot, would you trade your first-round pick plus, like, let's say, prospects like uh, Jacob Bernard Docker, you know, just throwing some of their high-end guys, uh, to get Jacob Chikrin for next season if you're the Ottawa Senators? We would because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say they were great for Norris injury, but they definitely had a stretch of wins. They were, I think they were over 500. I think this is a roster that can definitely compete, but definitely do need defensemen. Um, I think they have a pretty good system, so giving up Bernard Docker wouldn't be the end of the world, and definitely getting Chickering in would be good. Um, so I, I do think that's a route they, they could go with, and they, that's probably likely. We'll have to see how that goes, but that, that's something I would definitely do if I was um, pure Dorian. Yep, sounds good. Uh, so we can wrap on those two questions and move on to the Nashville game, if you've got that up, Jake. Uh, to kind of walk us through that. Yep, we um, went to Nashville. Um, obviously, before this, Nikita Sashkov was sent down. Everyone was like, oh, they're going to they're call someone up. Is this a cat move? And to the shock of everyone, nobody was called up. It was a cat move. Um, Ross was in the lineup again. Uh, they didn't put Bailey back in for this game. Um, and a pretty action-packed first period and not a good one by any means for us. Uh the goaltending matchup was Jose Saros and Ilya Sorokin. And a minute three into the game, Phil Forsberg, uh, former future owner, got his sixth of the year right away. And then Adam Pellett bounced back a minute and 30 seconds later uh, with his second of the year assisted by Pulak. But we tied it up, we're back even. And then a few minutes later, Colton Sissons with his first of the year. And then a minute after that, I don't know, legend Nino Niederreiter with his eighth, makes a 3-1 out of the first period. Obviously a very rough period. Um... And then to start off the second, uh, I think his name is Huso Parsonen. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was um, a seventh rounder a few years ago. He's still young. He got a second to make a 4-1. Um, game seems out of reach, but then Kyle quarterback to end off the period with his second, assisted by Pelican Martin. Coming out of the third, down 4-2, Palmieri with his sixth, assisted by Romanov and Peugeot uh, to make it a 4-3 game. And then Parsonen again kind of puts it out of reach again, but... Not counting these guys out. Peugeot with his third on the power play. Another assist by Matt Barzell to make it 5-4. Maybe they can do it again. Maybe they can tie it up. Maybe they can send it to overtime. But no dice. Um, just a, It was a comeback, but not the comeback they, they needed. Um, obviously, the heart was there, but a little too late um, after that poor first period. So uh, that was a rough loss for sure. Yeah, it was rough. They Nashville owns us. We haven't beat them since 2017, and we just never, never, never play well in Bridgestone Arena, it feels like. So I was kind of expecting a loss every year when whenever we go to Nashville. It's like, oh, it's almost an automatic loss, sadly, because, I don't know, we're kind of jinxed in that building, as much as it pains me to say it. Ross Johnston made one of the worst defensive plays I've seen in a while. He just let Nino, like, the goal, you know what, it is what it is on the Nino goal, but he just let Nino, like, have all the space in the world. Like, close out the shooter a little bit, you know? It did go off, stops, and skate, and directly into the goal. But 
we can't really complain. I will complain about Ross's defense. I won't complain about that puck going in because the Pelicle was just as lucky. So the hockey gods evened that one out. Fair enough. Nashville came out guns a blazing. I know I use that twice now. This podcast they came out firing on all, on all cylinders. Their crowd gives them a lot of energy, and they played off it perfectly. We were rattled to start the game. Sorokin kept us in, but Nashville's a good team. Maybe not the standings-wise, but at home, I don't like playing Nashville when they're at home. They are a pretty good team at home, if I had to guess. Yeah, they absolutely boned us the past couple of years. Um, even under trots, I mean, maybe the Lambert was at Lane Lambert, my coach. Uh, he was the coach of their AHL affiliate in uh, Milwaukee for a couple of years before he joined Trotz's staff. So mm-hmm. we got ties to that organization. They know the secret sauce. They know the formula. They know how to beat us. Um, not that things change game to game, but it's now like just years now of Nashville having our number. And um, it should have been an expected loss. But again, we came out swinging in the second and third, played, uh, played back into the game. You know, happy about that. Proud of the team to kind of come back into it. I think we... I, I believe this was the game we did the space after Ian, uh, with Ian, uh, AJ. But. Yeah, a certain co-host that's name rhymes with Makey <laughs> ended up taking a nap rather than recording a podcast. So we ended up having a space after the game. And it was a really good one. It, who was there? It was me, you, Ian, Phil mainly? Was Madden there at all? Uh, yeah, Zach was in for a minute, Matt. Thanks to everyone who showed up. Uh, yeah. We appreciate the support on 62.5. 62.5, uh, baby. Yeah, but that was the night everyone thought Twitter was going to go down, which, uh, you know, that might be bad news for your boys. But, uh, you know, it's it's still up. We're still on the bird, still hanging in there, so we persevere. So that, that was going on in the, like, background. So it felt weird, like, the biggest information platform, um, not named Google, uh, was about to get shut down, and we're watching Islanders hockey along with the timeline. So that was funny, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was a weird night, but you know, good that they fought their way back into it. Uh, the back end looked sloppy. Ross, that was miserable. I don't want to see him play for the Islanders again. I'm, I'm really like, I'm at my last wit. I'm at my wit's end with him. Which winning will fix it, but. You need to have someone that can replace Bailey on a nightly basis, and maybe Holmstrom and Ishii and uh, a couple of the other guys in the AHL are going to get 40 games this year and then see if they can come up. But it's just it's unacceptable, and people around the league look at that and laugh at us because we're playing a guy who's probably a bottom five player in this league. Like, just just stupid stuff. Uh, Jake, you were able to watch the Nashville game, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Big sleepy um, nap, boy. Sleepy day. So it, it, it turns out, um, believe it or not, getting an hour of sleep a day before probably isn't the greatest thing for your body. Um, so I, I, I collapsed on my couch um, during the second period. I saw the sloppy first period, and I, I knocked out. So, I mean, that's on me, um, obviously. Um, it won't happen again. That's probably a lie. But I'm on the record, will not happen again. Um, but hey, I mean, I, I mean, lo- looking back on it, we won today. We got a happy pod on Thursday. It wouldn't have been a happy pod. So little, True. little, you know, foreshadow. I, I, I knew. I knew. I need you to apologize to Matt Epps. Yeah, oh, we need. We right. need a. We need a post. Uh, what's it? A notes apology. Notes app apology. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. Notes app. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we'll, we'll get one. you. You'll get around to it one day. That's why we pay the big bucks. Um, and my Nashville question for both of you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is kind of like, it's kind of a depth question, but um, so this one I thought was interesting. Askarov is struggling in the minors right now. Oh, um, yeah, he has an 899 save percentage for Milwaukee, which, you know, that's relative probably defense and stuff. But AJ, okay. with Askarov, would you be potential like i know this nashville group doesn't have much gas left in it but would you see that as a trade piece around the deadline to help them get better depend or would they still commit yeah depend yeah. what you could bring in obviously i do you know how much how old is uc Saros to begin with he's like 28 29 probably if i had to guess his rookie card 28 was in, and on contract for three more years his rookie 27. card was in 27 wow even younger his rookie card was in 2015 16 so i'm trying to do the math there but obviously guys coming from Europe, it's a little bit different. He is one of the best goalies in the league. I don't think anyone could debate that anymore. I think he's top four, top five at least. You yeah. have an incredible prospect in Askarov, but you also have the elite goaltender in UC Soros. So it just makes sense to possibly trade Askarov for the right piece to help them you know, get better, what that piece could be. I don't really know. I really don't know their needs. I don't know too much about Nashville. I know I'm a big hockey guy, but Nashville is one of the teams that never really intrigues me. I know they always get the big-name players. Like, they got P.K. Subban. They got Matt Shane, They got Ryan Johansson and probably a few other ones I'm forgetting. They like to land the big guys, but they still haven't gotten it done yet. They were very close against Pittsburgh a few years ago. Uh, wow, it's like five years ago now in the Stanley Cup. But I think you do trade Askarov. And quickly, before we go to Jake's question, the one thing I will say is the fight the New York Islanders have is, it's awesome to see this year. They they have that dog in them. They don't have the skill. They don't have, you know, the Toronto Maple Leaf skill, which we'll get into later, but they have that dog in them, and they won't, they never say no. Guys like Parisi, Pajot, Paul Mary, they will fight back and fight for every inch, no matter what the score is, and I just love to see that as a fan. Yep, true. We'll get into that more in the Toronto game because I think that sells better after they win. Um, you know, if they came out tonight and uh, didn't come back to one, we'd be like, oh, where'd the dog go? <laughs> Did they get the dog removal surgery like that Zach Wilson one? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'd be like, where'd the dog go? But uh, we're, we're happy to see the dog is still within them and uh, we got a couple of easier games coming out, but we'll get to that. Uh, Jacob, so my question for you is, uh, Barry Trotz lives in Nashville. Can you give me a percentage chance that you think he will be the next general manager of the Nashville Predators or a coach? Or do you think that's his next destination for Barry Trotz? I would say 35. I like. I know we talked about this previously. I do think Barry Trotz wants to be in Toronto. Um I don't think he would go back to Nashville, but if the opportunity is there and Toronto doesn't have an opening, I, I mean, he, I don't think he would say no, but I do think trust that Toronto is trending in that direction. Um, I do think it's interesting that he, he, does he want to be a general manager? I, I think I heard something about that. Yeah, he does. He said he wants to he work said in it on, and... yeah. He said it on Cam Strickland's podcast. Yeah. The thing with that is their current general manager, David po- David Poyle, I believe. David, yeah, I think it's Poyle. Yep. I think I pronounced Poyle. it right. Yep. He's Correct. been there forever, and I don't see them getting rid of him anytime soon. He's done an incredible job there, and he's kind of built a hockey market. I know, you know, the fans have to buy in and all that, but 
it's a pretty good hockey town. It's not the greatest hockey town, but the games are fun. The atmosphere is fun. People like going to hockey games. I don't see him leaving anytime soon. And Trotz does want a general manager spot, so doesn't maybe not a general manager spot, but he wants a you know, at least a good hand with making the calls as a general manager if he's not the coach. So we'll see. Yeah, would what would your percentage be there, AJ? Uh, in Nashville, like eight. I wouldn't say he would. Ne- he would never. Oh, that's low. He's not. They're not gonna fall. They're not gonna get rid of Poyle. That's the thing. I don't see them getting rid of Poyle. Um, I just don't think he'd go back there. I think he'd want a different challenge and somewhere else. You know, somewhere new. I know his daughter has a shop opened up on the main street as well. So, sure, his family's there, but also like you know, I think he wants to either be what is it, an assistant not an assistant general manager but maybe some something in hockey ops i don't president see him being ops, yeah something. maybe like presence of, of hockey ops or something i don't know i don't know if toronto's gonna happen either now uh they've been playing a lot better but maybe next summer because he said he's not taking a job until like february ish he's not even considering anything until like january february ish from that podcast so i don't know i think they're the least are going to keep keep keith right now and Dubis might be gone at the end of the year. We don't know yet, so we got to see how they do in playoffs for Dubis's job. And Keith, maybe he stays, maybe he goes. Yeah, I think that's fair. I say it's 50-50. He goes to Nashville because he just bought a house there and the stuff's there. I think they might have something under the table where he takes payments from the Islanders this year. And since Poyle's been there for, you know, 20 20- He's been there since 1996, so basically three years older than me. So he's been there for 27 years now. I think it might be time for him to step down, um, you know, now that the team's in a bit of a cycle. But um, I could see Barry Trot stepping in there, and I'd say 50% there, and then like 40% on the original 16, and like 10%. He just winds up, you know, never coaching or working in hockey again. But I, I, that's kind of a hard pitch for me. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Because, obviously, he will take the free money, but I think he No has state tax, too. No state tax, which he, had, he literally said on that podcast that the second he was gone, he literally was going he was trying to get his house up as soon as possible, and he took whatever offer he got. He's like, I do not want to pay taxes, the Long Island taxes anymore. You know what? Fair enough. I get it. Very true. Um. So, Jake, uh, do you want to go into the next game on the schedule here? Yeah, I was with AJ for this one. Um, Islander Stars in Dallas on Saturday night. The going matchup was Jake Ottinger versus Semyon Varlamov. And um, the uh, score, <clears throat> score was first period. I think we actually had a good first period. I missed the first half because I was getting Burt's. Um, but uh, AJ told me we did look good that period. And then the second period, a minute in, Matt Barzell finally with his first goal of the year, assisted by Alex Romanov and Oliver Wallstrom. And then a few minutes later, Radic Fox, uh, Foxa got his second of the year, tied the game at one. Uh, really back and forth game till the end, which we get into. And then Matt Barzell on the power play with his second. He's already got two. Um, assisted by Brock and Lee. And then AJ's favorite, Mason Marchment, with his sixth, tied the game at two to end the second. And then we just couldn't get it done in the third. Jamie Ben with his eighth, um, made it three to two. Uh, and then near the end of the game, Jason Robertson with the dagger. First twelfth, and then Joel Hawk and Pop with the empty netter. Uh, just a tough game. I mean, I, I think they played well. I think it was close. Um, they just couldn't get it done in the third period. Um, but no shame. The Stars are a very good team. Pretty sure they're twelve, five, and two. 
first in the central. So no shame. Uh, just a, just a tough one to swallow. Just like the national one. Yeah. Uh, pretty spot on. Uh, it's Yanni Hockenpah. He's I oh, like Gianna, him. So. Yeah, Yanni. I like him a lot. He's pretty underrated. Good defense. Good defensive defenseman. The Jason Robertson goal was annoying. It was right off a of face-off, and you know what? It was a very good shot. He's one of the best players in the league. I don't think anyone can debate that anymore. He's probably top 12 to 15. The guy's the guy rocks. He's so good. Every time we scored, they scored literally. They answered back two minutes after. Or not even. It was so, so, so frustrating. We had our best first period of the season, but Dallas is probably more talented than us, and that once again showed later on in the game. We couldn't get the compete going. We weren't into it that much. We kind of drifted off towards the end, and Dallas took advantage of it and won. They also scored some really beautiful goals, and there's a lot of um defensive issues. Once again, Pelican Pulak have not been as good as we'd like this year. That's fair to say. They haven't been god-awful, but they just haven't been, you know, one of the best defensive pairs in hockey like we know them to be. I think on the charts, uh, they have been really bad. I don't know, I'm not a big chart guy, but I tend to do charts and eye tests, and the eye test is also not going well for them either. So they've been pretty bad. That has to change, and that will change. I'll get into that in a second. And then Romanov Dobson's been either really good or nightmare fuel. Really hasn't been in between. We're, what are we, 17 games into the year now? They still need to get used to playing this sort of hockey. They're not playing Barry Trotz hockey anymore. And it was around this time, when Barry Trotz took over, that they were finally getting down into the system. So I think they still have a few more games before we really start the panic button on the defense. But what are you going to do? You're going to make a trade? You could, now that we're switching the lines again for this game, you could in theory, but it doesn't seem very practical with other glaring holes in the lineup. But the defensive core needs to play better. I think they know that. Hopefully we play well Wednesday and they take a nice turkey day off and, you know, get back going, get the defense core boosted up like, you know, we're used to. I know it's not going to be the same. No trots. Sure, but it shouldn't be this ugly. Yeah, I um, I was attending all Elite Wrestling uh, full gear and having a tremendous time. Following the Islanders a little bit, I missed the game, which I try not to do. Um, I was, I mean, I thought it was kind of a schedule loss against Dallas. They're a good team. They're a great team. I, I really like this Dallas Stars team. Um, but the fact we stayed in it for so long, Barzal finally got going. That's great. Happy for him. But yeah, aside from that, just kind of excited, you know, that's a, that's a team I'm going to watch a lot this year. I really like the Stars group. Um, and, you know, just can flat out say they played better than us. They were better than us. I watched the highlights in the morning. And, uh, yeah, the condensed game. But, like, yeah, no, Stars are good. Can't really complain about that on the road. Hope that we could beat them at home later in the season. But damn good team. And their best player showed up. Their skill showed up. And none of the secondary scoring showed up, which is, uh, which is a bummer because Barzal did have his you know, best scoring game of the season. To be fair, that's not saying much. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I meant like, you know, no, uh, I know. It's you know generating balls. everything points. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my Dallas questions, not really interesting. And I could just kind of open this up to the forum. Uh, Jason Robertson is the ex best player in the NHL. What do you say? He's top 10. Oh, it's a, it's, Quite a shout, man. 
I saw some people floating this out the other day. It's really hard to debate that he's not. I mean, he's easily the fourth or fifth best winger in the league. Obviously, Pasternak and Kucherov are one and two. Him and Kaprizov are real. Like, Kaprizov clears, in my opinion. I'm biased. But, man, Robertson's also incredible. I think he's probably the third or fourth best winger in the league. Is he not? Who else is there? Yeah, no. I think, I think he's fourth, yeah. Like, you can make the debate that he's better than Kaprizov, um, too, which shouldn't be a thing. They sh- Like, that rookie class was so stacked two years ago. I love Jason Robertson. I love Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, not when they do things against my hockey team. But then you add the centers in, like you add McDavid, the dry sidles. He's probably top twelve to fifteen. Would we say he's better than Barzal though? That's the, that is a real question. And I think you probably can say he is right now. But what Barzal is doing on the island this season's been incredible. And we'll get into that after the Toronto game. Because I have a lot of praise for Barzal, but Jason Robertson's just on his own level right now. And look at his contract too. What is he? What is he making? Seven and a half or something for the next eight years? Five years, yeah. Next five years, still. That's an incredible contract for one of the best players in hockey. And as time goes on with the cap going up, that's just going to look like more, more and more of a steal for the Dallas Stars, who almost didn't re-sign him, by the way, and were complaining he wanted too much money. Yeah, I um, I personally, I know I'm answering my own question before Jake here. That's that's poor showmanship on my part, and I apologize. Um, I think he's top ten. I think he might be the best winger in the league. Um, really? Just at least this season alone, uh, talent wise, he's he's incredible. I think he's like top five in the league in goals, setting up everything, driving that offense in Dallas. So great player, sport against us. Great players do that. You know, it's his thing. Jake, where do you have Robo? I think he's absolutely top ten. Um, I would say top three, four winger as well. Uh, I don't think it's close. Um, right on cue, Jay Fresh just tweeted out his player card. <laughs> that's awesome um, he's at a 100% war um, shocker so yeah pretty, pretty good hockey player not, not too shabby um, obviously tough way to lose Jake Ottinger obviously hard to beat that guy as well um, yeah next time we play them January 10th at UBS um, hopefully that goes better for us but yeah I mean they're a really good team it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite evident Yep, I felt like they needed a coaching change. They made a good coaching change. DeBoer's a good coach. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Um, yeah, no other questions with the Stars. They're just a damn good team, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, they wind up winning the Western Conference, but not in a not in a Mickey Mouse way like the play-in tournament, like in a legit, like, oh, they're really fucking good. Um, yeah, but uh, then we could go on to the Leafs game, tonight's game, awesome game. I know Jake was with Francis. Uh, AJ, do you watch the game at home? Yeah, I watched it from the comfort of my basement. Hell yeah, I watched from my couch, man, on my laptop. I should have so I was watching Sunday or Monday Night Football too, but nothing, nothing really going on. But Jake, you want to break down tonight's game? Should be fresh in the mind. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't hundred percent locked in. I was, I was out, but I, I did see most of the game. Um, obviously, it was announced um, the lines are a little bit different tonight. We moved up to line one. Uh, Peruse was back to the push and pee line. And then the D pairs are different tonight. It was Romanov, Mayfield, Pelot Pulak stayed, and it was Dobson, Aho. Um, Sorokin was starting. The goaltending matchup was uh, Eli Sorokin and Eric 
Calgren. I, I think it's Chalgren, because I, I think Chris King said that on the broadcast. It's Calgren. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there. I trust AJ or Chris King. I trust AJ. I think uh, AJ might know more than me on this. Uh, however, Steve Dangle says in his videos and podcast, I I think it's I, a mix I, of both. I think it's like Cal. Yeah. And it's not. It's like it's not Cal. It's like Call, but it's not like. Oh Calgren. yeah, well, that, that's how it looks. Yeah, it's in between there. Yeah, not important. He stinks. Uh, anyways, first period. Hey, um, he's all right. Noah Dobson assisted he's by right. Ahom Barzell. Beautiful play by Ajo after shitting on ball period. Had a nice play. Uh, Dobson with his sixth, the grade eight. Um, and the second period, who else? Who Like, literally, who else would have scored? But John Tavares on the power play, assisted by Nealand and Marner. Thumb penalty by Romanov. Can't take that. Uh, they capitalized literally as soon as uh, right away. Seven and then seconds. Austin Matthews on a shot from Lejure. I think it's, is it, is it Lurgren? Yep, Lurgren. I know Dangle used to call him a jerk, and that's why I said that. Um, for Matthew's ninth, it's because I mean, he isn't leading the team in goals. Uh, and then the third period, uh, looks like we're we're down and out. Uh, good pal Stowe said, this game's over. We're not coming back. Josh Bailey rises from the depths of hell for his fourth of the year with three minutes left. And I was screaming at the bar. I said, just get a point. Just get a point. Just like, it's all I want. Um, just give me a point. We got a point. And um, then I noticed the Leafs one and four in overtime. Like, all right, no, they need to win this game. They're one and four in overtime. Make it one and five. Um, had a few chances. Peugeot was in. Um, Calgary with a nice save, and then Bo comes on. I, I literally scream to Frank. I'm like, why the fuck is Bo in the ice? Get Bo off of the ice. He comes in. He snipes it. I'm like, oh my, thank you. Like, <laughs> again, it's like the Evan Bouchard thing. I'm so happy to be wrong. Um, Bo's fourth. That was an insane shot. I mean, this guy just shows up in overtime. It's fifth overtime goal. Tested by Nelson and Dobson. Two points for Dobson today. And 3-2 win. Split the road trip. Back to it Wednesday against Edmonton. I mean, AJ will be in attendance. Huge. Yes, we will. Uh, we got to break down a bunch of things with tonight's game. First yeah, off, I thought Bo was, I thought Bo besides the goal, I thought Bo played really well. I thought he was forechecking well. The Energizer Bunny was being the Energizer Bunny once again. He wasn't drifting around. Uh with the Bailey goal, I'm very upset with you, Jake. You did not make a Steve Dangle reference about a goalie tending the goal. Terrible turnover by Colgren. Chalgren, whatever we're gonna call him now. He just gave the puck to Bailey and Bailey did a Bailey play. He did not shoot right away. He was very patient. He waited a second, then shot, he scored. Incredible goal, incredible timing for the goal because we look kind of down and out. I have one complaint. Uh, the Romanov penalty was stupid, but when we're chasing a goal, I know we're trying to get Barzal on the ice as much as possible. Why are we playing him with Cal Clutterbuck? Like Casey, sure, Casey's a good hockey player, but Cal Clutterbuck offensively isn't great anymore. And Matt Barzal gave him an absolute dime with, like, five minutes left, and it just went nowhere because it was Cal Clutterbuck at this point. So I was kind of annoyed that we kept playing Barzal with Clutterbuck. Yes, you get him another shift instead of Matt Martin out there. The fourth line was pretty brutal tonight. They looked kind of cooked, even though Cal Clutterbuck did overtake Dustin Brown as the all-time NHL hits leader. So congrats, Cal, but uh, <laughs> score a goal. I know he did against Nashville, but besides that, uh, other than that, yeah, I wasn't thrilled with the fourth line. 
I think that those are my only negatives. Oh, the Dobson Aho line defensively is a nightmare. So that and Lane kept going back to that every now and then. He did flip flop the lines every now and then based on situations and whatnot. I think those are the only negatives I have out of this game. Positives. I thought this was Oliver Walsham's best complete hockey game. He looked like a real player on the back end and in transition, which we haven't really seen from him. In transition, he was so awesome. He was hunting the puck down. He was pushing the puck forward, I mean. But he was also hunting the puck down on the forecheck. He won a few board battles, too. Got the puck away from, I think, Justin Hull, which, I mean, he kind of sucks. But still, good on Wally. I was very happy with how he played today. Yeah, man, that was I love it tonight's uh, tonight's game. No, I'm kidding. Um, so the first ten minutes, we got absolutely caved in by the Leafs, and I tweeted out something along the lines of just just survive. Like you're you're not going to be able to play. Like the run of play was just working so well for Toronto, where they were just kind of bags getting us. There was a period where Dobson and Aho, which I really don't want to see again. I, I hope we go away from that for the Oilers game because Connor McDavid will be seeing Thanksgiving tur- <laughs> Thanksgiving turkey if they're out on the ice. Uh, but yeah, like they were poor at first and we got hemmed in for like a good two minute stretch, but like, you know, Dobby, uh, got a goal for us. So we got going once the kind of deep pairs reset. Um, and that got us going, you know, 91 got his goal. That was always going to happen. Um, and then I believe Matthews got kind of a lucky tip job, I would say probably more skilled than luck, but whatever. Um, and they were up two one and I was like, all right, let's escape the second. Just no more goals. We escape the second. The third starts. We come out in the third pretty flat. So I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to win this game. But, like, I had a good feeling because the Islanders always come back. Five minutes left. Um, you know, well, well, around the seven-minute mark while he gets in that big fight. Um, I thought, one, that's an instigator penalty. Sandine came at him. The whistle hadn't blown yet for the too many men. So that was during the run of play. What a stop play. I thought that was messed up. I think you can't have that in the game. So that was stupid. Um, I thought that was an instigator penalty. Glad to see Wally beat that guy's ass. Um, two, I think the Leafs will always have that problem where Austin Matthews just skates away from fights, and that's a really bad look um, and a little wimpy, in my opinion, but whatever. I agree. Um, but then, yeah. What? No, I was saying I agree. Oh, you agree? Yeah, it's it's a wimpy look. I mean, I know they need the depth guys to step up and become kind of like the guys we had in the playoffs where if anyone's at Barzal, we're gonna we're going to mess you up. Or came out our goalie, but like you know, it's it's not very. You're not selling it very hard when it's Rasmus Sandin and Wallstrom kind of showed that by putting them in the dirt. Um, but yeah, so five minutes left. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of time. Like maybe we'll get a power play, maybe something. But nope, Josh Bailey just nice little bing bing bong. Like oh, that's a freaking dang it, like Holgren. Uh, <laughs> I, I I tweeted it out. That, that was more of an angry tweet when I tweeted it. Like oh yeah, Leafs Nation tweet. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, I was kind of like fired up when Bailey scored, which, you know, he's given the island everything he's going to give. We don't know what Josh Bailey's future holds and what we might be able to get to that later when we get more into the trade stuff. But um, yeah, we don't know what Josh Bailey's future is going to hold. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting. But nice to get a CMBI goal with the Islanders, cement himself back in the lineup for the next couple of days, free us from seeing Ross. Uh, thank goodness. But yeah, so. Aside from that, the um, and then Bowen overtime was awesome. Leafs folded once Bailey scored. I mean, they they gave us a run the last minute of the game, but in overtime they were dreadful. They just kept icing the puck. I know they had problems in OT, but you know, great win for the Islanders. Great to go home. Next up, we've got Edmonton. 
Columbus on the road and then Philly and Philly. Um, Philly and Philly, we play at home and away against Philly. We should win both of those games. So out of that run, I think we should get seven points. I think eight points is totally on the table. Six and minimum. You need to win some of these easy division games before we get into the gauntlet. But uh, I've long said that, you know, I mean, everyone says it, but every year at Thanksgiving, 15 out of the 16 teams make the NHL playoffs. So uh, that are in a playoff spot Thanksgiving are still there at the end of the year. There's always one team that flips, but, you know, as long as we can, you know, get points against the Oilers or we can kind of keep in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about this hockey team, and I think tonight getting at least one point was good, and then getting the second point in overtime in that kind of three-on-three minigame they do that I don't really like that much, um, that kind of cemented, like, hey, we're here now. This team's gonna keep pushing. This team's gonna keep fighting. People, I saw a freaking tweet tonight. I'm not gonna name the name, but that was like, oh, are we sure this is a third period team? Like, what? Can people please just stop tweeting generalizations about the team until the game's over? Like, can we stop when like writing? Learn? Yeah. When will they learn? The haters and the losers. Like, let's stop eulogizing this team in the second period because they they play till the end. If you want to say stuff about them after the game and they lose, and that's your honest feelings. Go for it. Like, totally fine. I, th- I think that's if, – if you're going to be overreactionary in the moment, that's totally fine. But, like, doing it in the game, you can get proven wrong, and you look so stupid for those, like, 20 likes you're going to get out of the way because at the end of the game, this team's still going to fight and claw and try to get two points. That Washington mentality from last year didn't leave. Like, we're still pushing every game. We know how easy it is to fall out of a playoff race now. We're going to keep fighting. And that's kind of where the dog in them thing that AJ uh, was saying earlier. How long that can last? Well, that's a different question. Like, we don't know how long this could last. But just until it's over, it's not over. Like, this team's got to fight and claw for every point. Yeah, spot on. I don't think, I don't know, the players, I don't think they will lose that dog in them. I don't think they're going to be able to pull this off the entire season. And I think it's very fair to criticize them for how bad they have been at stretches of this season you know there was the first period where they're getting caved in five minutes in but with hockey it's hockey itself is a game full of stretches it's not 60 minutes as a whole it's you know five minute stretch here three minute stretch the other way you just gotta you gotta survive and that's what the islanders are really good at the islanders have that survival mentality and just keep pushing and keep trying and keep you know working your ass off and good things will happen and it's constantly working for them it's not sustainable but putting your all in and you know busting your ass does work and it's worked so far like i said the comebacks aren't sustainable they really 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 need that talent but if you add that one other guy let's say a timo meyer and these guys continue to have that quote-unquote dog in them this team's really 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 good uh mayfield was incredible today in my opinion he was very good. Uh, Big Scott Mayfield fan, as always. Got it! He was very good tonight. Uh, I'm sad no one said Rasmus Sardines, because the way Oliver Walsham <laughs> manhandled him. And yeah, Austin yeah, Matthews Rasmus being Sardine. a wimp. Nothing really new. I like Austin, but dude, come on. Fight. You gotta fight someone. Not even, like, fight. Just, like, take a guy and shove him up. I know he took Martin during that whole uh, other stuff with Michael Bunting. I really want to know what was said there, because Cal Clutterbuck was fuming he was so pissed about what happened i really want to see what happened there Uh, yeah he took matt martin but martin really took him you know you don't see barzal 
have these issues. Barzi does have that fire in him. He wants to do whatever he needs to take to win, and he gets mad, and he gets frustrated, and he takes dumb penalties because of it sometimes, but he does have that fire within him that maybe Matthews doesn't have. Matthews is more of a reserved guy, so you can say what you want, but you can't take away the fact that Austin Matthews is a great player. You also can't take away the fact that the Leafs are a very talented team, but once again, that dog team prevails. What's the saying in um, football? The hungry dog runs faster. They might not be better, but there's some saying to that extent about a hungrier team wanting it more and going out there and taking it. And that's what the New York Islanders did once again. The third period, they dominated the Leafs. Okay, maybe not dominated, but they outplayed them at the very least in their own barn in, you know, in Toronto, the hockey meta, meta, uh, mecca of the world, excuse me. Mecca, yeah, yeah. They played really good. They played really good in the third. They need to be better starting off the period. I 100% agree with everyone who, you know, says that. Yeah, you're right, but I'm not going to I'm not going to freak out too much too soon. Changes will be made, things will happen. Just enjoy it the way it is. Yes, if we lost, we'd be having a different conversation now. I get that. The fourth line did look bad. I get that. But let's Wait till the game's over before we want guys on the chopping block and to never be seen again unless they name Ross Johnston. Yeah, and the fourth line, I mean, congrats to Cal Clutterbucks and the NHL hits record. Um, you know, I, I beat the drum when we didn't trade him last year that it's it's probably better than a fourth or a fifth round pick. And here we are now, you know, the fourth line, It's it's it was locked down at the beginning of the season. Now it's kind of... 50-50, what fourth line you're going to get. Casey's still incredible every night. Cal's pretty good. And then Martz is, uh, Martz is a special case some nights where he's really good or um, El Retire of Junior. I'm uh, <laughs> not, not reaching that point yet. I'm not doing that El Retire of for anyone on this team yet. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, like, it, it's cool. Ajo wasn't good tonight. I think we need to start really taking that upgrade seriously i've kind of beat the drum we've all beat the drama at the past couple pods that you need like a left-hand defenseman to come in and just like you know if this team has real aspirations we can't play the sebastian aho is he going to be good or bad um game you know that that's one thing i I don't want to discredit him because he has had good games recently and i this isn't saying anything about aho being bad but it's just saying like we need an upgrade in that spot yeah, yeah, I was yeah. really mad with Ajo at the start, but he did. He played better at the end, so I don't know. I don't think Sal comes in yet. Ajo wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He kind of evened out through, you know, through the time the game went on. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll look. I mean, there'll be guys there. I, I really just hope losing what we're seeing that, He's um he, he's good, but like let's give Solo a game this like stretch of the next four. I think you know Columbus and definitely Philly are the time you want to play Robin Solo. Um, AJ, do you disagree with that? I know you're the Solo guy. I want whoever gives us the best chance to win out there every night. Uh, if that means Spashnar Ho's a guy, Spashnar Ho's a guy. I don't care. I know I love Robin Solo, but if Aho will help us win hockey games, that's all that matters to me. Some fun for whatever Lane wants, and I won't complain. I thought Aho turned it up towards the end of the game. Maybe not turned it up, but he wasn't complete dog shit like he was at the beginning of the game. And he got an assist. He did make a very nice play on the Dobson goal. That was cool. 
yeah, it was his first kind of poorer game in a while, but he still got a point. Um, you know, it was like a bad Nick Weddy game tonight where he was just getting hemmed in, but at least he got that assist out of it. Uh, Jake, any key takeaways from this one? I know you were having fun with uh, Mr. Frank on his birthday. Um, no, I mean, I just I didn't like Aho Dawson. It should not be a pair. Um, I think Aho's best with Mayfield. I think we know that. Um, if if there's going to be a change, I would I would like Romanov, uh, Romanov, uh, Pulak, and Dobson um, Um but I, I get why they switched it, because obviously two out of three pairs have been struggling. But, I mean, Aho Dobson is just not a recipe for success. I mean, we saw that. Um, I'm happy they made a play on the first goal, but defensively it's just not it's not going to work. It, it, it will not work. Yeah, um, he had a, he had one shift tonight where it was, like, as bad as the one that Sashnikov got basically cut for, um, the one where he turned it over in his own end twice and then – uh, the Leafs kind of threw the puck down for an icing. He tried to handle it, and he turned it over. And uh, I think it was Kerfoot got a one-on-one with uh, Sorokin that Sorokin saved, but just miserable stuff from him for a little bit. But then he turned out for the third, so uh, water under the bridge now, I guess. I think yeah, it was and... Dennis Mulgan. Dennis Mulgan, got it. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole Leafs kind of after you get after the big four, they're just kind of – Different jersey numbers of the same dude, like be it David Kampf or Alex Kerfoot or Dennis Mulligan. They're bottom, like, nine or bottom. Everyone after Willie and uh, 91 on their second line is just kind of scrub. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – I want to piggyback kind of the what AJ you said earlier, like the talent level. I still believe in the high-end talent of the team. I just, like, they need to get – you know, better secondary scoring in. And I know Bowen Bailey scored tonight, but those are going to be the, one of those two guys won't be in the lineup at the end of the season if they hope to contend. So the kind of question I want to pose here is, who do you bet on? Do you pull Bailey from the lineup or do you pull Bow? You have to pull Bailey. Love Josh Bailey, everything he's done here. But Bavillier, he has the fresher legs. He's more, he has more of an impact every night. And just Bailey hasn't been Josh Bailey we know and love. He still is a player, but he's kind of, you know, it's just kind of net neutral with him. He's not really bringing much. He's not taking away as much as he was last year, but just kind of been neutral. Bo, you know what you get from him at least. I know he's been really bad this year, but you still get some of his four-track presence, and we just need him to get going. We know what Bo can bring, and Bo has the younger legs and the energizer bunny mentality that this team needs to play with. Yeah, Jake, what would you say, Bo or Bailey? I'd take Bailey out. Um, hopefully, Bo can kind of like have to kind of put in better performances, uh, but we'll see. But I'm gonna take him out by any means. Uh, you're paying, you're paying the guy for the next few years, so kind of see what you have there. Um, for now, unless you acquire someone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would take Bailey out. Uh, he hasn't, I know he scored today, but hasn't looked consistently good. I know he, against Dallas, he had a great first period, and then the rest of the game, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was an ugly watch. Yeah, I mean, Bailey's getting scratched at this point. Uh, a lot of people thought something's on the horizon with Lou. Um, just kind of put the thermometer in everyone's mouth. 
if the Islanders make a trade tomorrow, who is the forward that you want them to acquire? Just one name. Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer. Yeah. Both of you got Timo Meyer? Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, sure, you could say Tarasenko. You could say Bo Horvat. You could say Connor Garland. I think Timo Meyer makes the most (laughs) sense. And Ryan's coughing, chopping, and laughing. Wow. Uh, Timo Meyer makes the most sense. He's 26 or 27, I believe. He's a really high-skilled winger. Uh, He's exactly what we need. He's young. He op- he opens our window, or he extends our window too, rather than a Tarasenko who, if we get him, we have to re-sign him. He's already 32, has a lot of health issues. Um, you know, he's had a bunch of injuries before with his shoulder. I believe his back as well. So you're already taking a risk there, and he's 32. So you're gonna have to re-sign him, obviously, if, depending what you trade. He's gonna be cheaper than Timo, sure you could say that, but uh, I'd rather have the younger guy who's also a very talented player and a proven NHL player. Yep. Good point. Jake uh, Meyer, any other, anything on top of what AJ said? I think it makes the most sense. Um, obviously going to take a lot to give up, but I think it would be completely worth it just because of the age and um, the position and what, what he brings to the table. Um, again, he just turned 26, so... <laughs> Yeah, get that guy for in his prime. I mean, I, I think it's a no-brainer, and uh, I know the package is going to look rough. But again, it, it would be one of those situations where it's worth what you're giving up to get Timo Meyer on the Islanders. Yeah, I say this. I'm going to say Bo Horvat here. Um, but basically, there was a moment today where Brock got hurt um, for at the beginning of the game. He wound up being fine. I'm glad not too many Twitter doctors were out because I know last year there was a. <laughs> incident where Barzal got hurt and someone was like, I've seen this injury a hundred times and every time it's a, it's a career changing injury. And then he's out there for the next shift. So, um, I know I, I messed with AJ a bit on Twitter, but I didn't see anyone like trying to seriously Twitter doctor it, but yeah, bro, good for him to be back. But I think this team's so reliant on the centers that just getting one more in the door and being able to move a guy to wing, be it Brock, be it Barzal, just slot in another gun in the top six. Uh, to really help out, it, I think that would probably be optimal. I love Horvat's game. I think he would help a lot. But you're also buying so high there that I do think you guys might have a better point. You might have swayed me there because Meyer is a good player and he's consistent. But you're not like buying an all-time high with TML Meyer, uh, where Horvat's having a career year. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you're gonna, you know, if you get Meyer in the door, you pay him and you keep him around for the rest of. Uh, the rest of his career, essentially, you're hoping to get an eight-year deal because he's still an RFA, and you know it's so hard to get guys here, and he might be the perfect fit with uh, with Barzal. He has a little bit of that Islanders grit in this game, so I think that'd be good. Either one. If we get Bo Horvat, I would be over the moon excited. He's an incredible player. Great two-way player, too. I don't know if you mentioned that. So he'd be a really good ad. He could play he could eat PK minutes. I would be very happy with the, if we got Bo Horvat. I could take either one. Yeah. I'd rather have him than Tarasenko. Yeah, I think he's above Tarasenko in my rankings. Besser still intrigues me, but we'll see. I mean, I there again, there's going to be a ton of guys that come up, and TSN isn't even posting their damn trade board every day, so it's still, still really early. But, you know, you, you do feel like the Islanders could use reinforcements right now, and that would be very helpful to get them through the door. Uh, you know, whenever Lou wakes up and picks up the phone or does something more than a paper move, because we keep banking this deadline space, but it's nothing unless you use all of it, you know? 
Yeah, I agree. The other guy that I didn't mention was Patrick Kane, which if you can get Patrick Kane the New York Islanders, that would be something to say the least. I know some people wouldn't like that for obvious reasons, which is fair enough. But him next to Barzal would be very, very, very fun to watch. Uh, but I don't think that'll happen personally. I think we're not going to pay for an older guy like that. Maybe the scumbag Rangers will, but I think I'd rather have Meyer and Horvat over Kane as well. But I figured I should mention his name. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I was talking to one of my friends who's, who's pretty good with trade analysis, and he thought the Kane price was a lot lower than what I thought. There was this insane... I, I, we went... This is probably the longest pod we've gone without talking about the Rangers, but there was this absolutely insane Dave Shapiro, Little David tweet uh, where he said, uh, would the Blackhawks do the first round pick from Dallas, um, Vitaly Kravtsov, uh, <laughs> Zach Jones, and Sammy Blay for Patrick Kane? Oh my God, that's a no brainer of idea. What the hell? Uh, he wants to be on Broadway, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, just <laughs> it's just sewer sewer water Twitter, you know, drinking sewer water. Kane Ryder Benedad. Carter Benajad, yeah. Carter Benajad. Yeah, but, um, uh, it's just embarrassing. The, the the takes that come out of there get worse and worse every day. We have people comparing Kako and Lafreniere to Crosby and Malkin when they haven't put up 40 points in a single season yet. Grow up. Grow up. Come on. Let's be a little bit real. Yeah. You guys well, might not even have the best one. defenseman in New York anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Noah Dobson's fucking good, man. I'll I'll say he's the best defenseman in New York, but I know I'm lying there. But um, I, I really love Dobson. I think he's gonna I be there. Oh, I don't know. He might be there. I think he's better. I I I said at the beginning of the year. I think he could be better than Quinn Hughes by the end of the year. He is certainly playing like it. If he can get better on his back end, I would make that debate. We'll see at the end of the year. But it's it's I'm throwing food for thought out there. Dobson might be better than Quinn Hughes. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, I think that might be your best take by the end of the year because Dobson's hitting another level. I know I talked to a lot of people who were skeptical about Dobson, but as long as he's you know in this role right now, he's set up to succeed. He's the goal scoring uh, unit we have as our third defenseman. But when he has to take that jump in responsibility and become a true number one, which um, that was that was something I've been thinking about a lot, like this week, like what how many true number ones are there are in the NHL. I think Dobson within the next year or two will be our true number one and the guy that's playing the most minutes on defense. But yeah. um, he doesn't have to. Though. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. He doesn't have to with Pelican. What? If Pelican no, Pulak can bounce back, we don't need him to be a true number one. Just let him cook and do his thing offensively, which he's been doing yep. and he's been awesome at. We Pulak's need Dumpty awesome back. This year too, yes, though. yes. To be fair to Ryan Pulak, Ryan Pulak has been excellent this year. I've really liked his game. Pelican needs to be better. Pelk will be fun. Pelk needs to be better, but, you know, we're just hoping that he is going to be better. He's, he's not playing up to his level. He still does the little things, right? Like, there was a play tonight where I think it was Bunting or it might have been Marner. Uh, whoever was on Matthews' line was taking the puck to the slot, and he made a quick turn and got the puck off. It was Nylander. He got the puck yeah, off Nylander. Yeah, it was stick. Nylander. I was um, say. Yeah, and uh, he was able to take it and start us in transition. He's trying to do a little more offensively. Which is good. I don't know if he has the the bag to do it, but um, he does. You know, we love Pelly. He does. I think he does. I think his offensive game is underrated. I don't think it's gonna ever be power play. You know, power play, good. But I think it's like for us, it's, he's not just a defensive defenseman. 
he's he yeah. leans more defensively, but he could be a two way if he needed to be. Yeah, he has eight points this year, which um, that's on track to smash his career high. What's um, his career high? 24? Uh, 28 last year. Right. He has eight points. Not yeah, he, has, he had 28 last year. So if he's he's around like a point or, or 0.4 point per game, you know, he'd wind up with like 30 or something. So that'd be pretty good. Um, Pelly, the Lane Lambert effect, my coach, never phased. Never lets up. I love my coach, Lane Lambert. Um, very happy with his job this year. And, um, you know, much like Trotz, he's able to give a good, comforting interview after the games and just kind of explain, like, hey, this is why we got the result we got, even if we win or lose. Uh, he's pretty level-headed, loves the team, happy to be the coach of the New York Islanders, and that's all you really want at the end of the day. Uh, not hitting Trotz levels yet, but he, it's a work in progress. He's still learning a lot of the time, and I think – Playing from behind at first, he seemed a little scared, but now he's fearless. And that was all I really wanted from the team the first couple weeks of the season. Play courageous, play brave, play Islanders hockey, and they've they've hit that level and they're getting coached at that level, so that makes me happy. Uh, today was also Pellick's 400th career game, so shout out Adam Pellick. Yeah. Um, What's your question? thoughts on the Islanders? What's your question for the Leafs? Oh, yeah. I, I don't have a great question for the Leafs because they're covered to death in the media. Um, <laughs> do you think this is the year the Toronto Maple Leafs win a playoff series? Not nope. a chance. Who are they going to beat? Tampa or Boston? No. Boston's a wagon. Tampa's Tampa's Tampa, man. They're so good still. I know they got they got literally lit up by Boston today, but it's both of those teams are absolute powerhouses once again. I don't see him winning. They have the skill. They don't have that dog. It's simple as that. Just pulling up the NHL standings, I think teams in playoff spots, they can beat. I think they can beat Detroit. I think they can beat Florida. I think they can beat the Hurricanes. Um, I don't know how a series between us and them would fare. I I would have my money on the Islanders because they don't have good goaltending. Could they beat the Rags? That would be an incredible series to watch. Rangers, Maple Leafs, that would be prime time cinema, tears galore. I would love. Yeah, to would watch there be that. any hockey with all the crying going on? I don't really? know. They would just be having parades for Kreider Benajad and their captain John Tavares <laughs> back and forth. No, but like yeah, jokes aside, good. that playoff series would be so good to watch. The thing with the Rangers, though, sorry, I know we're getting into that talk. Um, the thing with the Rangers, they kind of suck right now. I know they're winning games. They beat San Jose. I literally watched 80% of the San Jose game. They are just fucking boring, man. They're not fun to watch anymore. Like, yeah, I hate them with a passion. But as a neutral hockey fan, last year, the year before that, and so on, they were fun to watch. They were an exciting team to watch. Now it's just kind of like dead and boring i'm not gonna lie maybe it's because they're on the road and they're playing a boring team like san jose but i was even asking my friends like i'm not trying to be a dick but why is it so bad <laughs> like i expect better from you guys and they're like yeah it's kind of how it's been this year it's like oh all right like am i even trying to be rude no, i hear you i boring. hear you i mean they're calling for Gigi's head which if you're fine Gerard Gallant, i know i don't like Gallant, and i don't think he's a great coach and yada 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 um, I don't rate him. I think he's fine. I think he's a net neutral coach. But if you're gonna try to save the season midway through, who are you gonna bring in? Like, you know, besides the Barry Trots, which I don't think he would do that ethically. Um, but 
you know, besides Barry Trotz, like Claude Julien, is that their best chance for success? Like, there's not really guys just sitting around who are great NHL coaches. Um, Pick your I, I don't really of know. If Barry Trotz goes to the Rangers, that is literally Benedict Arnold-esque, and I will be so livid, and I could, I'd never be able to forgive Barry Trotz if he went to the New York Rangers. Yes, he got fired by the Islanders. I get that. Sure, yes, it's the Rangers 6 team. You can't go from being an Islanders folk hero to going to the fucking New York Rangers, man. You just can't. You cannot. That is Benedict Arnold trader level, and I don't think he would do that, but if he does do that, man, would that be a rough blow for the Islanders and their fan base. Be good for the rivalry, though. Here. Yeah, I mean, eh, I mean, we might be fueled by the hatred that the team might have had for Barry Trotz at the end. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't <laughs> to, need you chance going levels. left and right after Lane Lambert yeah. just dominates said defensive Barry. That's right, and also um, not to not to say the schedule makers are smiling and shopping, but it feels like the Rangers are playing like the worst team in the league every night. Um, yeah, they've played the Sharks, which they won. They played the Kraken, who are pretty good this year. They played the Coyotes and had like a hard time escaping a paper bag there, which we lost the Coyotes. No real legs mm-hmm. to stand on, but still kind of funny. The Predators beat them. They crushed the Red Wings, who the Red Wings decided to just do the chop and not play hockey that day. That was absurd. <laughs> I was very angry after they shut us out. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. They've got a couple of good teams coming up. I think, I think we're going to be down the wire with them for a playoff race. Um, and we just have to stay better. Ilya has to stay better than Igor. Um, not surprise, surprise. The guy who was annoyed the best goalie in the league after one year might not be the actual best goalie in the league. Um, you know, some of their guys are regressing the mean, and then they're getting nothing out of their bottom six. Um, and two of their wing- wingers in Laugh and Kako and uh, Kravtsov, the healthy scratch at the, this point. So funny stuff out there. The Devils are awesome. Uh, good for their fans. You, you get the feeling that this can't go on forever, but maybe it does. Who knows? Um, I, I, I tweeted it was controversial. We could kind of talk about this now. You don't want to see that us play the Devils in a playoff series? Um, I do and I don't. I don't want to see the Devils. Yeah. They're very fast-paced, a high-tempo team, and they literally kicked the living shit out of us when we played them a few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now. But... I don't know. Once playoff hockey comes around, which I want to uh, get to this point eventually, playoff hockey and regular season hockey are not the same animal. Uh, and it's wise I'm not worried. Just get us to the dance, and the New York Islanders will do the New York Islander things, as we've done before. Yes, we don't have Barry Trotz, so maybe it will be a little bit different. But this team knows how to play playoff hockey, and that's all that really matters when you're in the playoffs. You don't have to play this fast-paced, you know, Michigan, through-the-legs, beautiful hockey. It's grit and grind, and that's what the New York Islanders get up for and live for, you know, inject that into their veins in a way. So, yeah, the hockey does change. They're an incredibly gifted hockey team. I mean, Jack Hughes is incredible. Jasper Brott, very good as well. They have a very good team, and they've won 13 in a row now, but they're going to have to regress at some point. It's only inevitable. You can't win every hockey game. Maybe they can. I don't think I don't know. I don't know how they'll suit in the playoffs, especially with a young team like that. Maybe they do well. I'd rather not play them, but if I'd rather play them than Carolina, who owns us, or would I? I don't know. That's a good question. Who would you rather play? I'd rather play Carolina. Um, I think the series against the Devils would be fun. I was just 
I don't know. I was just thinking about it with the way everyone talks about the the Devils. What would be more New York Islanders than knocking that team off? Um, and I just, you know, we know so many Devils fans in our personal lives uh, that it would just kind of be fun to have that series and kind of have that shared, not like animosity or hatred, but, um, you know, just kind of that shared experience. Like, I'd rather play the Devils in a playoff series than the Rangers because I know at least, you know, no, I, I know, like, you know, that's not going to define our next 15 of years of franchise history and having to hear that every day if we lose or the bragging rights, just not even having to deal with that. We'd beat them. Jake, would you play We'd the Devils so if you got them. the chance? So beat them. No, I'd rather not. No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I just haven't watched them enough. They're blacked out by me, so can't really watch them. Uh, what were you saying, AJ? We would dominate the New York Rangers in a playoff series. I'm sorry. We would Absolutely. murder them. I They do not scare me at all. I understand they outplayed us uh, the last game at MSG. I don't care. They are not that good. I'm not scared of them. They're they're a fine hockey team. I think we're better than them. and We have we literally have their number. Is Igor Shesterkin a top three goalie in the league anymore? This season, he hasn't been. He's been very good. Don't get me wrong. He's top five, but Sorokin's been better. Ottinger's been better. Uh, I'm not going to say Carter Hart. Carter Hart has been better, but I won't say Hart. Connor Hellbuck's been probably the best goalie in the league. Igor is in the top three. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying Olmark's better than Igor. I'm going to, well, you know. Uh, no. I think Odger is going to be my odd shout. It's not even that odd, though. He's been incredible. Jake Odger is awesome, and I feel like a fool for ever doubting him. Yeah, so just uh, we'll keep rolling on. From that, um, any more hockey talk topics for debate before we get into the footy in it? Uh, yeah, one thing. So back when we were talking about Jason Robertson, do you think he's better than David Pasternak this year? No, no, I don't think no, he's better. No, no, absolutely not. No okay, because, well, close. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's close, but I think Pasternak's better. Okay, because you said that you thought he was the best winger or something to that extent. So I just wanted to ask that before, but we moved on. So I think that's it for Hockey Talk with myself. I don't think I have any other questions. Trade Talk, I think we kind of covered mainly. If we want to talk about Ghost Bear real quick, we can, but I don't think we have to. We can save that yeah. for another time. I mean, there, there's going to be bountiful left-handed third defenseman. You just have to find a guy who's worse than Romanov and or better than Romanov. Um, which, you know, that that's my baby boy. Uh, I got my fisherman coming soon with Rom Dog on the back. Um, very excited about that. Oh, we got reverse retros. Uh, AJ, who do you pick again? Uh, Brock Nelson. As he got injured. Yeah, I got Nelson. Uh, the jersey looks beautiful. I'm going to wear it Wednesday. And the boomers will be crying and chopping. Is Wednesday the debut of the reverse retro jersey for the team? No. No. Why are they wearing it first? They might... Is it Saturday? Pretty sure it's December 10th. Okay. I think that sounds right, Jake. I'm I'm very off. But, uh, yeah, I got Brock Nelson. The jersey looks beautiful. The NHL did a really good job with most of the reverse retros. Uh, Well, NHL slash team slash Adidas. I'm very happy. I love jerseys, so just cool, you know. Little time portal go back to when these guys were actually in play. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on mine. I'm hoping it comes tomorrow before I uh, go out of town for Thanksgiving. But yeah, it's exciting. Love to love to see it. Excited for all the homies in the reverse retros, and hopefully Jake can get his soon. Um, 
But yeah, aside from that, no more hockey talk. Uh, everyone watched the USA game today, World Cup's on. Um, really, really, really it, tale of two halves game. The U.S. came out really swinging in the first half, which I was worried about because it's hot in Qatar and that you don't want to burn your energy early. I think that's going to be a theme of the World Cup. But um, we came out swinging. We looked awesome the first 30 minutes. Uh, then after the kind of 30th minute, we started to tail off a bit. Some guys were looking tired, be it McKenney, uh looked tired. Dest was tired, but we got more into the game in the second half. I thought Anthony Robinson was awesome, but, you know, one one kind of just bad penalty uh, by Walker Zimmerman after I, I think it was Acosta blew his read, and then Walker Zimmerman made a desperation challenge on Bale, and then a great penalty that Matt Turner couldn't have even saved, and the U.S. are tied, and we are going to be kind of in a dogfight watching Wales and uh, – we could have controlled our own destiny today, so it was a little disappointing. Yeah, the thing with Qatar, apparently it wasn't even hot out today. Like, by the time for the USA game. Apparently when it's nighttime, it was, like, kind of cool there, they were even saying, which was surprising to hear. They said on the broadcast, or I saw someone on Twitter say that maybe that was at the game. With McKenney and Dest, obviously they were going to be tired. They haven't really played much club football this year. McKenney was injured in October, so that was kind of expected that he would get tired quickly. But I thought he looked really good in the short stint he did have for us. I know he did have a yellow card, and as well as Dest. They both got yellow cards, ironically, so they got to be careful because we were going to need them against Iran. Uh, I know we play England next. I thought Brendan Aronson was excellent for his short cameo. I wish he got the ball more. Every time he touched the ball, it felt like magic was happening. I know Reyna didn't come on the pitch, but he should be starting against England, hopefully. We'll see about that. Pooley was fine. He could have been better, but they were going at him, and he was getting banged up, obviously. That's what, you know, that's what Hats House Soccer is. They go after the best player, they try to injure him and play dirty, and they keep getting away with it. You know, they're going to keep doing it. The refs were terrible today. Apparently, with Jedi... He said the ball was out on the throw-in, and that should never have happened. So he was giving the ref a lot of shit after that goal, which what led to the penalty. I love Jedi. I think he's probably my second or third favorite player on the team after Pooley and Adam. But, yeah, I'm really not feeling good because you have to hope to contain England, and they're probably the third or fourth best country in the world right now, especially after their 6-2 win against Iran. And then you have to hope that, you know, Wales and England is a barn burner, which it won't be because there's a lot of hatred and tension for those two neighboring countries. I believe they're neighboring. I know they're right next to each other because Cardiff. And, they're, you know, they're both a part of the United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. You you know what I mean. No, yeah. I was just giving the history there. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's really just going to come down to us or Wales who scored more against Iran and... Uh, I never feel too confident with the goal scoring in this country, especially because we haven't had a proper nine since uh, Donovan. Um, so, and Dempsey. Um, but, like, you know, that that's just kind of we dug our grave today if we can't get out of this round. Uh, see, it was weird to not use uh, Gio. Uh, Gio needs to play against England. Gio should start against England. Yeah, without a doubt, Gio should have played today. I didn't mind the sergeant shout. I thought he looked pretty good. I know offensively he didn't do much, but I thought tracking back he was excellent. I like sergeant a lot. I'm not the biggest uh, Ferreira guy, so eh. I like Taji Wright, but he did nothing in the game. He was, you know, useless. Adams should have won man of the yeah. match. He was incredible. Yeah. Reem was great. Frustrating. 
Zimmerman obviously is getting a lot of shit for the penalty. I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was that bad. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad, though. My biggest issue is when Kiefer Moore came on and he just took over the game. Like, dude, we're letting a guy named Kiefer dominate a World Cup game. Come on. Let's grow up, fellas. So hopefully we figure it out because I want us to succeed, but also Greg Ball is pretty brutal. But they're a young team. I just don't want Greg being in charge for them for 2026 because that could get really ugly. Honor yeah, and if we, get a, if we get to the round of 16, he stays. If we lose in the group, he probably goes. Um, we'll say, Jake, you watched any of the World Cup? You catch the fever again, man? I agree. What do you think of Weah, Ryan? I thought it was awesome. I thought this was his one of his best games with the national team. I thought he was great. I think uh, I, I tweeted it, but the ball over the top played away uh, seemed to work every time because he's so fast and so talented. Um, I, you know, it was a it was the Shaq meme there, like, hey, sir, I'm not I'm not 100 percent familiar with your game. Um, and that was that was kind of it with way. I watched him a couple times at Will because uh, they're one of my favorite teams in the French league, but. Uh, yeah, no, he really impressed me today, and I'm excited to see where he goes the rest of the tournament. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not the biggest player guy, but obviously I have to say, you know, what can you say? He scored the biggest goal we've had in years since, I guess, the Pulisic penalty shot against Mexico. Yeah, that was the best half we've had since that second half against Mexico. That was incredible. Yeah, I mean, the first half was so good, man. I was so happy. I'm like, wow, we can maybe even make some noise, but... I don't know. Uh, hopefully they come out guns a blazing against England. It's going to be a lot tougher. I They didn't control possession, but they really didn't do anything with it, which, you know what, it's fair enough. At least we're controlling possession against mid-poverty teams. Uh, Wales aren't poverty. I guess. They're worse than us, I'd say, though. I don't know. I was very happy with the first, even though we didn't get too much going outside of the goal. I think we could have had two or three, but they just weren't clicking. I know Pulisic wasn't great until he got fouled a few times. You need him firing because that's our guy. He might not even be our best player anymore, realistically, uh, which is crazy to say. I really was shocked Rana didn't play because he, be he might be our most informed player right now. Yeah, I really like Kio Rana. I mean, I've never really been a big Pulisic guy, but uh, Musa was great today too. I thought he was the best uh, player not named Adams for a good stretch of the game. Um, he had a really good first half. It's just, yeah, I mean, again, Pulisic needs to pass better. Um, he, he dribbled fine. I saw a lot of people kind of sing on him for that. I like how he controlled possession, but he couldn't cross it. And if he can't cross it, he can't be on corners because we have a guy in Weston McKennie who's one of Europe's best uh, set-piece takers. And he cannot be just kind of left alone, like to not get a header all game. And one shot on goal is just feeble. Yeah, yeah, he needs to be better. I think it was a little bit of nerves. We'll see how they come up against England Friday. I think if there's ever a game for Christian Pulisic to, you know, shrug his shit, it has to be Friday, man. All the crap he gets from England and Chelsea fans and, you know, everyone over there across the, across the water, across the pond. He needs this man. He needs this for himself. He needs this for us. He's got to show who he is. I just, oh my, it's called soccer. Come on, Christian. I'm begging. 
Yeah, I mean, again, it depends. We needed a team effort. They looked like an all-star game today. I, I just would, you know, I'd hope for 1-1. That, that's really my hope. Hope we contain them. Harry Kane got hurt today. We'll see if he comes back. Um, but, you know, hope for 1-1. Hope for 2-2. Hope we tie them. Hope we beat them. I'd love to see us beat England because if we beat England, we can make some noise again. But then it's all going to come down to just scoreboard watching and seeing how how many Wales puts past Iran and then seeing that's our tally to go and beat on uh, beat next week. So we'll see. Sucks. It, it, the group stage is like, it feels closer to over than ever, but we have to, we kind of have to push through. One quick back to hockey talk real quick. One quick thing. Walsham and Sandine were uh, talking and being all buddy-buddy after the game, which was quite funny after they fought. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was pretty cool. I sent in our group chat. Um, yeah, cool stuff. Not Nothing bad about Sandine and Harrenley. It's just more the circumstance of jumping a guy for almost, you know, a, a borderline call, something that was pretty clean. Uh, but, yeah, if Wally's going to shit house a bit, good for him. Uh, go do that. If you're not scoring every night, just give that kind of effort and we're still going to love you. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap it there. Episode 63 of Skates at the Stakes. Hope you guys enjoyed. We also have made an Instagram and a Facebook. I'm not, uh, I believe the Facebook says Skates at the Stakes. I don't know how Facebook works. That's Jake's thing. But for the Instagram, it's at also Skates at the Stakes. So make sure to go subscribe to us there or follow us there. Whatever Instagram is, I believe it's following. So follow us there. Follow us on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. You can find me at Vito Hockey on Twitter. You can find Ryan at Rat Martin. You can find Jake at Prime Jakey. And that's that. Let's go Islanders. And we'll see you guys Wednesday or uh, I think this weekend. So enjoy. Have a good one. Enjoy the holidays. Have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>